You are listening to the Cuss Running Podcast, where we believe that running should be whimsical and that everyone belongs. Run as you are. Uh, hello, and welcome to the Cuss Running Podcast. Today's guest I'm just so excited about it is my sweetest baby, eldest nephew, Lucas. And Luke is an accomplished athlete. He is now a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. And so we're going to talk about him, and I'm going to learn a lot about the sport. And so, Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, you're so sweet, Luke. All right. So Luke, <laughs> I know some of it, but tell me about like your athletic history when you got into sports. Well, so I guess, I mean, if you want to go way back, I played soccer when I was uh, like a little, little kid, like five or six. I So long ago, I don't even remember it. <laughs> and then I played baseball and basketball. Wasn't very good at or liked very much either of those. And then I started playing football just before middle school on like one of those like leagues you sign up for and that was pretty fun I always like watching football and then I played football in middle school for one year and then I played football for one year in high school but in that one year so in middle school I also kind of randomly just joined the wrestling team not knowing much about it um, and I ended up really liking it so when I got to high school and started wrestling um, I kind of ended up liking wrestling more than football. So my freshman year, I played both. And I did pretty, I would say I did pretty good on the JV football team. I started the whole year. Um, and I actually was on varsity for wrestling. So I started varsity for wrestling my whole freshman year, which is pretty uncommon, I guess you would say. And I boasted a uh, 500 records. So I had exactly 11 wins and 11 losses, which <laughs> felt pretty good for my, based on my first year of varsity wrestling. And then I switched schools. We moved to Raleigh and I went to a school called Green Hope. And I didn't really enjoy like the football team there, um, I guess as much for whatever reason. So I actually quit playing football after my sophomore year and just did wrestling for the rest of high school. Um, so I would like wrestle during like the high school wrestling season. And then in the off season, I would do um, like wrestling practices outside of, I guess, school, like on like a a private team oh I didn't know that you did it on like a private team outside mm -hmm. of it what yep. is it about yeah. wrestling that you connected with so much I mean you did all these team sports and then to go into wrestling which is kind of a team sport and kind of a solo sport I, I think I like wrestling because of the solo aspect really it's I don't know it's going out there it's just you and one other person competing and whoever wins wins and there's nothing like else about it it's it's pretty like black and white as far as sports goes there's no like well you know this person wasn't playing well in their position or like the coaching was bad or anything like that you know it's like either I beat you or you beat me and then you know at the end kind of shake hands and go your separate ways so I always like that it's interesting because I mean wrestling it's such like an intimate sport with the other person you know you don't like football players I guess it's kind of intimate but like wrestling you're like right with another person grappling mm -hmm. on the ground Mm -hmm. How do you handle that kind of intensity in the moment? Because you're having to make like quick decisions. How do you handle that? Hmm. I've never really <laughs> thought about it like that, I guess. I always just did it. I, kn I know that there's people who could, who like couldn't handle it. And there's definitely times when like I would wrestle that I would get like super nervous 
And it's, it's the craziest thing when you go out and you can like wrestle a match really intensely, get out of it and you feel fine. Like you could go right into doing another one. But depending on like the level of your nervousness or like your anxiety, uh, there's other times when like you can leave a match and just feel like completely wiped, like completely exhausted and terrible. And I don't feel like it's always because of conditioning. Obviously, a lot of it is like your conditioning and how well you're like can hold up with your endurance and everything. But there's definitely times when like just for whatever reason, like you step out and your heart immediately is just like pounding and you're nervous and just have anxiety and you're breathing real heavy. So yeah, I don't know. I always just kind of got through it. There was definitely times when I was like, why am I doing this? I don't want to be out here. This sucks. <laughs> so how do you build up your mad. endurance for something like that? Because it's such like the longer the bout goes, I guess, the more you need endurance. Do you just do a lot of bouts and matches in practice or how else do you build up your endurance? So I would say that the wrestling approach to building endurance is just like extreme intensity. So the practices were like super long, three hours sometimes. And there's like, just like sprints, you know, you're just running back and forth as fast as you can on the mat. If anyone's ever done like suicides, basically like suicides, but just like constantly just going and going and going. And then, I mean, most of the practice is like an intense, you call it conditioning workout. Crazy. And you wrestled all through high school, right? Were you the captain of your team or did I just make that up? No, I was. Yeah, okay. I was. <laughs> okay. But then you didn't wrestle in college, correct? No. So I did get asked to wrestle at a college by one of my, because actually he used to be my high school coach and then he became the coach at a college. Um, He did ask me if I wanted to wrestle there, but I told him no, because I wanted to go to NC State. Instead, they had a better like, academic program for me. So I kind of quit wrestling for that and for those who don't know the uh, nc state's wrestling team generally is in the top five in the whole nation oh wow like every year so their whole program is like all scouted that's like all recruits they don't even like do walk-ons like, I, I got to school and like my freshman year of college i asked the coach like about walking on and he was like yeah i'm sorry we don't we don't do that here oh no <laughs> so you didn't wrestle in college did you keep up with anything athletically in college um, so for my very first semester of college, I played rugby. Oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I played rugby for a little bit and I realized that that wasn't for me. It was fun, but I definitely got concussed at least twice. Oh, gosh. Um, not diagnosed by a doctor, but I would I would say that it was probably a concussion. One time I hit my head pretty hard and I was kind of like woozy and out of it for the rest of the day and like the next couple of days and then an another time I actually I hit someone blacked out and split my head open so I don't actually remember colliding with the person oh I remember gosh. running at them and then like a few steps out my memory goes blank and then the next thing I remember is standing in the middle of the like um, field not knowing what's going on and people yelling at me to like go line up in my position and I was like, oh, and I just kind of ran over and lined up. But I that whole like few seconds of like collision, hitting the ground, getting up off the ground and all that. Like, I don't remember. And I split my head open. I had to get staples. Oh, my gosh, Luke. Well, I don't love anything about that. And you've got a precious <laughs> brain. So clearly you can't yeah. be getting it concussed that much. So you did the rugby and then just mm -hmm. didn't do sports for a little bit. Yeah. So so after that, I kind of quit playing rugby because. <laughs> I felt like it wasn't worth the, the brain trauma. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't do anything after that for probably almost two years. And then 
once the like all the COVID lockdowns and everything started, there was nothing to do. So some guys I used to wrestle with in high school, they're just like hanging out at home and they had some mats in their garage and like, you know, weights and stuff like that. So I would say a group of maybe like six or seven of us, we started hanging out at their garage during the lockdown and just like um, working out pretty much almost every day. And, um, and so both of these two guys who's like garage, it was, they're both black belts in judo. Oh, wow. So they were also teaching us judo along with their dad, who was a black belt in judo. So I was doing that for a couple of months, learning judo with them. And then through that is how I decided to start doing jujitsu actually, because we got to the point where we wanted to compete in judo. Mm-hmm. and there was no judo competitions but there were still jujitsu competitions mm-hmm. and we went to one uh thinking so this is am i allowed to cuss on this podcast yes 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 you are allowed to cuss yes. on this okay podcast. so this this is what i was told this is a, a quote from my friend he said dude jujitsu guys are pussies we're gonna go fuck them up <laughs> and so we showed up at the jujitsu tournament and we did not fuck them up. I don't think that any of us won a match. I got <laughs> three times in a row um, and went home with a very hurt uh, ego. Um, but I decided after that, I was like, I got to learn this jujitsu stuff because that was it was really cool. You were like, they're tougher than I am. I need to be this yes. tough. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Well, we're going to skirt over the toxic masculinity that was in that statement. <laughs> yeah. um, totally. You and I will revisit it later. Okay. So you were like inspired that day because you got your ass handed to you to stay in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so now you've been in it for how long? Um, so December, this past December was two years. So a little over two years now. Oh, wow. And now you're competing in tournaments. And like, where are we going with this Jiu-Jitsu thing? Tell me everything. Uh, well, you know, I mean, when I started jujitsu, I just wanted to learn it and get good at it. I always kind of knew in my mind, I was like, I'm going to go do these competitions again because I wanted to redeem myself. <laughs> um, but I think I feel like I started getting good at it pretty quickly and I started competing and I felt like I was doing good in competitions and I wanted to do better. So I kind of started putting more time into jujitsu and then I found out about um these things called the super fights so Mm -hmm. it's basically like a lot of them are local that i've gone to but like they're like local shows where they put on multiple different like jujitsu fights and those those are really fun i just i just i don't know i'm just kind of i keep going with it and i you know i started at a a tournament in a parking lot (laughs) um in a tournament in the basement of like a a cheap hotel and then um this year or not this year actually the year just changed but last year I mean I drove to Charlotte and I did a an event in like the banquet hall of the, this big fancy hotel and they had smoke and lights and a, <laughs> a big elevated um like arena um so that was cool and I I guess I just keep going and trying to get into the higher level tournaments like the higher level super fight events and yeah I mean I don't I guess I have goals but I don't have like strict goals because I just I know I'll be doing it for a long time, I guess. Yeah. What's yeah. always in, impressed me about you, and part of this is because you were an oldest child and it's like an oldest child trait, but also it's just because it's you. You're very like intense about what you get into. Like if you're into yeah. something, you're going to be the best at it and you're going to learn everything about it and you're going to totally focus on it. So even me, like seeing you start to do this, I'm like, 
oh, he's found something he's really passionate about. Like, this is going to be fun to just watch him do. And like, I know nothing about anything in this sport. So I'm curious, because I know there's different, what is the diff- main differences between wrestling and jujitsu? So the number one biggest difference between wrestling and jujitsu is submissions. So in mm-hmm. wrestling, there's no submissions uh, allowed at all. So like you can't choke people, you can't put people in arm bars, you can't Kimura people, you can't break people's knees, nothing like that. Okay. And in wrestling, the epitome of wrestling is it's called the pin. So you want to mm. get the person on their back and touch their shoulder blades to the mat for like a second. And mm. then the ref smack, smacks the mat and it's over. You've won. That's called a pin. Um, and that was cool. That was always fun to win by pin. But I think then to try jujitsu and then you're winning by like choking people or putting them in a position where like if they don't tap out you can break their arm or break their leg or break their shoulder that's much more satisfying I think that jujitsu is also much more free in a sense it has much less rules than wrestling so wrestling is very has like a very strict rule set that's very limiting about what you can do in a match and it and through those rules it actually limits the like grappling techniques that are useful, even down to like the way that you would stand. So in jujitsu, most people will stand with a more like a, like how you would stand if you're walking, like straight back, knees not really bent. Um, You'll kind of bend them slightly maybe, you know, and everybody's got their their unique way. Um, But it's like very striking contrast to wrestling where you're going to see everyone like when they're, they're standing is like in a low crouch, um, with their shoulders kind of like leaned forward and their back very like straight, um, which is great for wrestling because the goal is to like get a takedown. So you're trying to attack your opponent's legs and wrap them up and make them fall to the ground. And you can do that without fear of being choked, which is why guys <laughs> will crouch and get low so they get close to the legs. In jujitsu, because you can get choked, you don't want to stick your head like low to the ground. It makes it really easy for people to wrap their arm around your neck and choke you. So guys will stand up a a lot more straight. And so that's just kind of like one of the ways where like the lack of rules in jujitsu, like kind of alters and opens up um, what you can do and be effective with in the sport. Also, you can't get pinned. So like in wrestling, nothing happens where one person is fighting from their back. Like mm. if you're fighting from your back, you're just trying to turn to your belly so that you don't get pinned. But um, in jujitsu, and I've actually come to really enjoy this, there's a lot of things you can do from your back um, to like fight off your opponent and impossibly even submit them. Um, so I've actually become a big fan of like, I call it submissions from bad positions. But basically, so like from my back, finding ways to like make my opponent tap out. Yeah. There was something that just happened that made me have another flashback of you. And I want to preface what I'm going to say by saying that Luke is such a sweet boy and man. Now he's a sweet man and gentle. And he would never follow through on these weird human experiments that he wanted to conduct. Do you remember these? (laughs) like putting people in a glass room or like you had all these (laughs) ideas that were a little demented honestly but now I feel like you're going to like satisfy that urge in this Brazilian jiu-jitsu in a way of being like let me see what I can do and what what kind of conflict I can create and come out the other side so that just totally made me flashback there was like a look in your eye and I was like oh gosh I remember those weird science experiments Mm -hmm. you would come up with 
instead of subjecting people to like weird sadistic science experiments, I can <laughs> subject them to uh, strangleholds and arm locks. Yeah, absolutely. Is the training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu similar to what you were doing for wrestling or is it a bit of a different? No, no so okay. it's, it's much less intense, actually, which is something I appreciate about it. So wrestling matches are uh, in high school, they were two, or three two minute periods. So it's a mm -hmm. six minute match, but it's broken up into periods or like rounds of two minutes. So after two minutes, you take a quick break. Jiu-Jitsu is not set up that way. There's no rounds. There's no periods. It's just one fight from start oh. to finish. Wow. Um, and so depending on your skill level and depending on like the organization you're competing at, the times will vary. But generally, they're like anywhere from six to 10 minutes. The ones that I've been in are like six to 10 minutes long. Wow. Um, yeah, so you don't you don't want to come into jujitsu with the same aggressive approach as you do in wrestling. I mean, that's just my opinion. Some people do approach it with a lot of aggression and they're coming out to try and win quickly. Um, I don't take that approach, especially for tournaments. You want to conserve energy. And that's been probably one of the biggest hurdles to learning jujitsu for me was was slowing myself down and practicing like efficiency and energy conservation as opposed to like power and like quickly like expending all my energy and like explosive movements. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that my coach has done like a very good job teaching to me and of course the other people that go to my gym because um, he's I think fifty four. Oh, wow. And he'll still get down and he like competes um, in jujitsu. We call it rolling. Like when you're fighting live, we'll call mm -hmm. it rolling. So he gets, he gets out there on the mat and he rolls with uh, all of us pretty much every practice, you know, and it doesn't matter like 240 pound man or like me at 22 years old or like the 17 year old kid whose shoulder seemingly turns 360 degrees somehow. <laughs> no, he doesn't care. He's out there beating the shit out of every single one of us <laughs> every day um, yeah. at 54 years old. And that was like the first thing I asked him, I was like, how are you doing this and not getting tired? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when he, he told me, he was like, well, I'm just focusing on like efficient energy movement and not like wasting my time doing things that aren't purposeful, you know, yeah. or trying to be explosive when there's no point. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, that, totally happens in ultra running when people migrate over from running shorter distance to ultra running it's all about conserving energy mm -hmm. as much as you can and yeah. I mean tons of older people excel in that sport as you know okay so what do you do outside of you go to a gym and you train and you, and you roll around do you do anything else to supplement your Brazilian jiu-jitsu training like do you lift weights or whatever um honestly not really <laughs> Not, not really anymore. There was a period of time when I was working out a lot, but that's kind of ended. It's my workout has become jujitsu. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to get back into working out more. I try to like, I try to maintain a good diet. It's a yeah. little difficult, just like getting it all cooked and trying to prep stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. But a lot of nights, like when I'm, when things are going well and I'm not like distracted or busy with other aspects of my life. I'm doing jujitsu every night for about almost like two and a half to three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and then intense. on weekends, so that's weeknights. And then on weekends, I'll go to like open mats and practices as well. So some, some weekends, some days when I have like a good open weekend, 
I might do jujitsu for, you know, four to six hours. Yeah. That's intense, dude. That yeah. is insane. I say that yes. and then people go out on four to six hour long runs. So it's really not a huge amount different. You're just, <laughs> right. that well, seems more intense like what you're doing. Um, I'm so happy that you brought that up because you did tell me, okay, Luke was part of my crew during fall state, um, all alongside the road, which was an awesome experience to have with my eldest nephew. But he did tell me that when you were of age, you would run fall state with me. So like, we got to plan that and figure that out. We should plan that. (laughs) That's actually funny because there was another point during, um, when like the COVID lockdowns were happening that Mm -hmm. I was getting, I was just really bored. Like, um, especially, uh, like after school ended, like during the summer when the school wasn't even happening, I was so bored. I considered just like going outside and just walking to, uh, Wilmington. And I think it's around like a hundred miles away. Um, and I really heavily considered just like leaving and just walking there. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't remember (laughs) why I never ended up doing it. I guess I felt like that was a lot (laughs) to take on considering I don't (laughs) think I've ever gone much further than like you know 10 miles in one day yeah like on like a hike or something so that felt like a lot to take on <laughs> yeah it, I, feel like you've injured yourself. I, I got the appeal of it you know like you're out there just like alone just moving with this very clear objective to like get to point b mm-hmm. yeah just one foot in front of the other yeah exactly just moving just it seems simple <laughs> it does seem really simple. Wait, how old were you when you came into that? Were you 16? 15? When you did Vol State? Yeah. I think I was 15. 15. 15. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 14, yeah. 14 or 15. I definitely wasn't 16. I was yeah. 14 or 15. I just remember you being out there and just being like, what are these really old people doing out here? And if they can do it, that old, yeah. you're like talking shit about the old guys that were out there. It was <laughs> so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. They're, that's they're impressive I can't believe that they could do that at their age yeah I mean it's even impressive for your coach to be 54 years old like people that are able to right. have that longevity with the sport because I'm assuming he's been doing it for a long time right mm-hmm. so able to have that longevity with a sport is like crazy impressive I mean think about if you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu 30 years from now like the experience and knowledge and endurance that comes with that yeah yeah for sure I can't even <laughs> honestly I actually I can't comprehend <laughs> no nor should you both so, so far away so so far you've competed in a bunch of tournaments what's the best that you've done in one of the tournaments so I would say the best that I've done in a tournament I, I went to Charlotte and I think I did seven so it was seven matches in one day and I was on a tear I mean I was on a tear it was one of I think it was the first tournament or no it was the second tournament I did that was um sub only at the blue belt at the blue belt level so this one I did was, uh, it was like a blue belt only tournament. And I think I had been a blue belt for maybe like a month or two at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done one other sub only tournament at blue belt. Um, I think I might've actually been a white belt when I did that one. I don't even think I got my blue belt yet. But so anyways, um, a sub only tournament, what that means is that the way the rules are set up is that there's no points. Hmm. So uh, some jujitsu matches, and for a long time, this was like the very common format, is that different things you can do. So we've got something called a sweep, 
which basically is where like you're on the ground the other person is like on their feet or like kind of in a more top position than you are and you sweep them to the bottom and you come up on top so that's called a sweep and then you get points for like close submissions so if it was like you almost submitted someone you might get like two points and if you just kind of had a submission locked up but it wasn't really close to submitting them you might get one point yeah uh, that is not my preferred format i don't like points i think that the point of jujitsu is to defend yourself and to submit your opponent so yeah. to prevent yourself from being submitted mm-hmm. like at its core jujitsu originated as a form of like self-defense basically at a sub only tournament there's no points mm-hmm. and i think it's it's most it's most representative of like what jujitsu was when it started which was mm-hmm. a way that helio gracie came up with to defend himself and also um cause damage to larger opponents because he was small and that's where jujitsu comes from um at, at a certain point the point system was developed to kind of you know just make the sport easier i guess to referee like mm-hmm. instead of these like long matches where nobody's winning yeah. um you can just put a time limit on it and whoever has the most points wins and the points kind of represent how good the what you did would be and like a, a regular, like a real fight. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. I like sub only. You so like sub it when only you just someone wins there. and someone loses. Exactly. Yeah. Sub only, you go out there, either I submit you or you submit me. And mm-hmm. if we don't do it in a time limit, most places follow these things called EBI rules, um, which are the most common sub only rules. And so if you don't do it in like the six minute time limit, then they're going to put you on the ground. He gets to get an arm bar and try to submit you. And then if he does, good for him. Now you get a tra- a chance to submit him from the same position. If oh, you yeah. do, yeah, if you both get the submission, then you go on to the next position and the next position. It's and like penalty kicks. It. Yeah, and you keep doing it um, until uh, one person escapes and the other person um, doesn't escape. So like gotcha. if I tap you out and I escape, then I win. Mm-hmm. um but yeah that's intense so now to answer my favorite like <laughs> tournament where i feel like i did the best it was a it was a sub only tournament in charlotte and um outside of the very first match so my first match i think took me close to two minutes to win mm-hmm. i won by armbar, and then the next three no, the next four matches I had, I won by submission mm-hmm. um, in, in about a minute, like each of them in about oh, a wow. minute. Yeah. And then, um, and so I actually, I won my weight class for that oh, wow. with gold, all submissions in my weight class. I won gold um, with every match won by submission. And then I did this uh, division that's it's called absolute. So it was still at like the blue belt skill level. Um, but it was an open weight. So when it's absolute, oh. there's no weight limit. Ooh. So it could be a 120 pound dude versus a 240 pound guy. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but so I was doing good in the, um, absolute division. I won my first two matches by submission and then it was the semifinal round. And the guy that I had to go against was an absolute monster. <laughs> like just jacked to the max. 
I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not like tiny, yeah. but I'm not big. I'm probably around like 165, 170 and I don't have much like body fat on me. So it's mostly muscle. So I'm a pretty strong guy. Um, this dude had the same body type, but add on like 60 pounds. He had to be at least 220. Oh, gosh. Just pure muscle. I mean, his, his, uh, shoulders were literally like the size of my head almost. But so we, we had a battle. We had a battle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it definitely took it out of me. So we went, I think 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. It was, you it lasted that long with that guy? Yeah. yeah. It was an eight or a 10 minute match. The way this place did it, um, they actually didn't follow the EBI like format. So once the 10 minutes was up, they had like a judge who mm-hmm. decided who did better. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know. Uh, I wanted to go into overtime with that guy. I think it would have been fun. Um, but, yeah, so he ended up winning that semifinals match. And then I think it was like 10, 10 minutes of recovery time. And then I had to go do the very next match, which was for third place. And I was just, like, absolutely exhausted. Um, I went out there against the guy who I had beaten in my very first match of the day. Um, but I knew because I'd armbarred him earlier, I wanted to turn it into an armbar, which I tried to do. So I rolled him through on the Kimura, got into the armbar position. But I was just at that point, I was too tired. My muscles were so exhausted and not recovered enough to where I couldn't really apply any pressure. And he slipped out of it and he ended up he ended up beating me. So he got his revenge that day. Yeah. Um, but that was I would say that was a really good tournament for me. I mean, I won five matches by submission i think if i hadn't run into the hulk um, <laughs> that semifinals match i probably would have won it i think the guy that he went against for the first place match i would have beaten that guy but so yeah that was that was a fun tournament so what do you get when you win one i mean i'm sure it defers but like what do you get when you like win one of these tournaments are you ranked because you've placed a few times now Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've won a couple of tournaments at this point. Um, you don't really get anything. They give you a medal at most of them. Um, I'm not, I'm not competing at a high enough level yet to where yeah. I think people are really keeping up with how good I am. Oh. Um, yeah, and at least not in it, not in any kind of like a large stage. Yeah. Um, I think you know for like local stuff they care, so I keep a, a record kind of try to post it on my social media what I've won and all and all that. So like if I apply to something local, they can see that I'm not like, I'm not going to go out there and I don't know, flop like a fish, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That you have some presence. So are the higher up tournaments mainly among black belts or are there like, do you need to get another belt out before you really start competing at another level? So that's, that's an interesting thing to ask about. Um, <laughs> it definitely depends. So there was this thing that was kind of trend that happened in the jujitsu community. I'd say like a year or two ago, um, there's this group that was called the Donaher death squad. So at the Henzo Gracie jujitsu Academy in New York, Mm -hmm. there is an ex professor of philosophy who was a professor at Columbia named John Donaher. So he's got a PhD in philosophy and he taught at Columbia And he worked 10 years as a nightclub bouncer in New York and then eventually wound up becoming a jujitsu instructor at Henzo Gracie Academy in New York. Um, And from there, he met 
uh, Gary Tonin and Gordon Ryan. Um, I think Tom DeBlass, some other guys. Um, and so they started this group called that came to be known as the Donaher Death Squad. And the reason they were known as that is because they were all brutal, like brutally swift and like elegant with their jujitsu. And they kind of just like blew up super fast and they were winning everything. Like at this point that Gordon Ryan has become the best grappler, uh, no-gi grappler in the world. Like undoubtedly, no questions about it. He's so far ahead of everyone. And a lot of uh, John's other students are all really good as well. So just like as an example, um, John just had, I think, three or four students who took medals at ADCC. So ADCC is the biggest no-gi grappling tournament like on the planet. Gordon Ryan won it in his weight class. Um, man, I can't remember the guy's first name anymore. Giancarlo bon- Bodoni, Bondoni, he just won it. And then they had another guy, Nicholas Marigali, also won at ADCC. Mm-hmm. Um, and those last two just started with John, like within the past year. So they got really good really quick. Remind me of the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> So the tournaments people pay attention to are these people competing as black belts or are they okay, competing at yes. lower level? Yeah. Right. So this is the reason I brought up the Donaher death squad. He had another um, grappler for a period of time whose name was Nikki, uh, Nick Rodriguez. People call him Nikki Rod. And he, he blew up because I think he took a medal at ADCC as a, as a blue belt, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's kind of one of those things where it's like, I mean, if he's winning at that level, is he really a blue belt? Um, mm-hmm. Beating mm-hmm. black belts? Oh, so it's kind of questionable. I mean, if you do ADCC, it's open. Like, you just register and you show up for their qualifying tournaments. Gotcha. Okay. And if you win it, you can get in. So, I mean, I'm a blue belt. If I showed up and I won their qualifying tournament, I would be in the ADCC as a blue belt. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of one of those things where like what does a belt skill level really mean then yeah because if you're in the best tournament in the world but you're only a a quote-unquote blue belt then you know are you yeah Um, yeah are you just not doing the steps needed to get the belt even though you're competing at that yeah yeah but so one of the more formal tournaments or not i'm not gonna say more formal but more traditional i guess tournaments is um ibjjf Mm -hmm. they probably were for a period of time were the most respected uh, organization for like jujitsu competition. And they do have like requirements on their skill level. So like you only compete within your skill level and things like that. And if you're going to compete at black belt, you have to like prove that you are actually a black belt and, mm-hmm. and all that. Um, so yeah. Um, when's your next tournament? Next tournament is February 18th. So that one's not a tournament. It'll be a super fight. Oh, okay. So I've just got one match. And then after that, I'm going to compete um, two weeks later, I think, in March. Mm-hmm. So February 18th, I'll be in Wilmington at an event called Tap Out Human Trafficking. Oh, so apparently, okay. I didn't know this. I just learned this. North Carolina is like one of the big hot spots in the country for human trafficking. <laughs> and particularly in Wilmington, it's bad. Oh, so nice. this event is a fundraiser to... Um, try and stop human trafficking yeah absolutely yeah so i'll be competing at that february 18th 
And then March 4th, there's a Toro Cup, which is a pretty popular local jujitsu super fight event that happens mm -hmm. uh, right down the road from me in Durham. Mm -hmm. um, I'll compete at that March 4th. And then March 11th, I'm going to do a tournament that's called like World Series of Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and th that's pretty cool. It's a cash prize tournament. So it'll be oh, the first cool. time I'm competing for money. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you yeah. know the fighter that you'll go up against or do you just find out that day? No, they usually show you ahead of time. So at tournaments, sometimes you can like look at a fighter list of like mm -hmm. everybody who's entering your bracket. Yeah. But for the super fight events, they usually tell you at least the name of who you're going up against. Yeah. And then they like to make like fight posters and they'll send that to you. So then you can kind of see what the other guy looks like. Yeah. Do you ever like try and see if you can find video of the other guy and like steady him before about? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, I do like as, as I guess lighthearted maybe as I made myself sound earlier about, you know, jujitsu competition and what I want to do with jujitsu. Um, I do take the competing, uh, pretty serious when I know I have something come up, I do fall into like a pretty serious training mm -hmm. regimen. At least I try to keep a serious training regimen as best I can with like, you know, working and spending time with family and, and friends and all the, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do, if I can find videos of who I'm going against, I definitely watch them. So oh. the last time I competed was in December at another Toro cup. Um, mm -hmm. And that guy that I went against, I found videos of him on his social media um, competing. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of, I sat there and I watched them over and over and over to try and get a feel of like what I thought he was going to do. And he's not the first person I've done that with. I've done that with others as well. And I do think that in that match in particular, it gave me an edge. I knew what he was going to try to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it allowed me to kind of keep him, him off balanced and, and outside of his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Well, one, I don't think you've sounded lighthearted about the sport the whole time. That's just like not your vibe. Um, but I'm curious. I mean, just, you know, as your aunt who loves you so much, I'm curious because you're such a disciplined, motivated guy. Like, how do you keep yourself motivated? And like, what is motivating you? Um, how do I keep myself motivated? Yeah. Stress. <laughs> a, a willingness to be really stressed out. Um, most hours of the day, <laughs> that's a big one. That's a big one. I think, um, motivation as well. I don't know. I just have always enjoyed grappling. I mean, mm -hmm. ever since I started wrestling, I definitely was not happy when it ended. So the way my wrestling career ended, I made it to the state tournament for North Carolina, my very last season as a wrestler, which I'd always, which so there's a regional tournament in North Carolina. If your uh, record for the season is good enough, you go to the regional tournament for your region. Mm -hmm. And then if you place in the top three of that, you get to go to the state tournament gotcha. for all of North Carolina. Um, and I made it to that, to the regional tournament my freshman year. And I made it every year after that. Um, but freshman, sophomore and junior year, I always got to that tournament and I lost. Mm -hmm. And finally, senior year, I got to it and I won and I went to the state tournament and I felt very accomplished. Mm -hmm. So like at the state tournament, there's um, each region sends like three guys um, or no, four guys. Excuse me. It's four guys, the top four. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes a bracket of 16 at the state tournament. So like you get to the state tournament, you know, within North Carolina, you're 
kind of one of the best wrestlers, I guess, in a sense, at, at your weight class. Um, not to say like that you're amazing. Obviously, like <laughs> most guys that make it to the North Carolina State Tournament go on and maybe wrestle D2 or D3. Mm-hmm. Um, a very select few will actually get into D1 schools. Um, but you're decent. I mean, you're not bad. And I think that I got to that tournament <clears throat> and when it was over, I knew I could have done more. Mm. Like I mm-hmm. knew I could have put more time into training outside of the high school season um, and had a little better discipline and done better. And I don't, I don't know why, but that has become like a big motivation for me in jujitsu. I started doing jujitsu and I was just like, all right, I'm going to be good at this. Um, and I know <clears throat> the mistake of not being disciplined and not being dedicated. And I don't like to not fulfill what I see is like my potential or my best. Um, so I think that that helps keep me strongly motivated, like for jujitsu. Yeah. Um, like every time I miss a practice. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so like every time I miss a practice, I know I'm not, I'm not learning something or like I'm not improving and so I know then next time I go out to compete and I lose, I think, well, maybe you shouldn't have skipped a practice, which, you know, most days I only skip a practice if I really have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you've been able to find a sport that you're passionate about at your age. Um, because most, I mean, you know, this, you're at your age, you see people leave college and they don't stick with the sport or they don't stick with a hobby or anything mm-hmm. that's bringing them motivation or even like driving them to challenge themselves and do better and I think it's really cool that you've been able to find that as you like navigate your new adult world where you know you don't get grades and you don't get prizes and there's none of that anymore that you're able to have this and really start pushing yourself and I think you're going to be incredibly successful but I'm also like super biased so (laughs) right (laughs) right well hey you know you never know I've got a lot of years ahead of me of doing jujitsu. I might, I might just be something one day. Yeah, I would believe that. And I think like you're clearly becoming like a student of the sport in a way that I'm sure you see not a lot of people are like, I'm sure you can go to your gym and they're not quoting the history of these people and the sport <laughs> yeah. and how it started. Like that's, yeah, I, sure. I'm sure you're already setting yourself apart in that way. And I think you're going to be successful, but whatever you do in your life, just knowing you, but I'm interested to see like where this sport leads you and the opportunities it creates for you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And I think like, you don't really know, like I've asked you so many times as we've been going back and forth, like what is success to you in the sport? And like, you don't really know what success is yet or where your goals are. And I think it'll be interesting to see as like your relationship with the sport grows, like what you consider success in it. Big right. philosophical yeah, questions. For sure. <laughs> yes. Big philosophical yeah, questions. Very philosophical. For my sweet nephew. Oh my gosh. Sweet nephew. Elaine and I were talking the other day about you and in a picture I have of you that I cherish so much of you with like no front tooth and the other ones like sticking out and your ears are so giant in comparison. And my sweet little baby <laughs> nephew. And like you're a grown man now. And it's it's very like existential for me to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, sometimes I see pictures of myself. I'm like, man, that's so crazy that I've grown. I don't know why it just sits weird in my head to see myself as like a small person. Yeah. So you've got three tournaments coming up, but like what's going on for you in life? You've graduated from college now. What are you doing next? 
Um, so yeah, I graduated from college in May mm -hmm. and I got my degree in microbiology. And so with that, I got a job as a research tech at oh, cool. UNC Chapel Hill in the School of Medicine. So I work in a lab that studies dengue virus and like dengue virus um, vaccines. So that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. I guess it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. I don't know if they should trust you, if they should have done like a background check about your human experience, your human experiences you wanted to conduct when you they were don't 12. Know that. They don't know that. <laughs> we'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Well, Luke, I'm excited to see you and I'm excited that I can support you in this and see what you do. And I would love to come and see a tournament. Obviously, I have a one-year-old now, so my life is chaotic. So you could always come up here yeah, and go sure. to a bout and we could have a huge amount of cussers come out to support you at a local bout up here. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I should, I'll look into that, like stuff in Chicago. I don't get a lot of notifications for things in like other regions of the country, mm -hmm. but I definitely want to do some like traveling. I mean, if I can get into something in another state, that would be a lot of fun. All right. We'll both research this. Well, Luke, thank you for coming on my podcast and for just being the amazing person that you are. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. All right, cool. Bye.